people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's land. Oh, that today we will hear God's voice. Amen. All right. Interesting times, right? In which we live. None of us have experienced anything like this before. It has happened, of course, in different ways in the course of humanity, but this is new for all of us. Uh, we all experience some conflicting kinds of emotions. And what I think is most interesting is we're all in this together, right? Things are being canceled. Things are being postponed or suspended. And that, at a minimum, results in disappointment, perhaps frustration. Think and keep in prayer, especially our young people who are undergoing so many disappointments in their young lives these days as they have tournaments and recitals and ice shows and one thing after another taken away from them. And I know it's not just young people. Travel plans, right? Opportunities to gather together and now we're not sure if we could or should or we're being prevented from. Disappointment, frustration, perhaps even anger. And of course, for all of us, worry. Anxiety, uncertainty, and it leads to fear. But the first word that I bring to you today is, of course, the word from Scripture that we hear over and over and over again, which is, do not be afraid. Scripture tells us this again and again and again. Do not be afraid. And we've all experienced this. Bad things have happened to all of us at different times, but I think what is unique today is we are experiencing it together. And so together, we lift one another up and we remind one another over and over again, we need not fear because God, our God, is with us. And if you need to find those words in Scripture, just open up the Bible. One thing I read said, you can find that words, do not be afraid, or a variation 365 times. I have no idea if that's true. But for those of you who were in church on Wednesday when Janet gave us a little bit of math, trivia, and the Bible, I'd say add that one as well. If it's true, that means we've got one word for, for every day out of the year. But you're going to find those words in the Psalms. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Philippians, uh, Hebrews, uh, 1 Peter, 2 Timothy, and of course, Jesus says it over and over again in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. Do not be afraid. Those words often come when they are given to a particular person in the Bible when it's time for them to pause and to consider what is before them. And that is our time, my friends. It is time for us to pause and to consider what is before us and how we will respond. And first and foremost, I invite you to respond without fear or with as minimal a fear as possible, right? We continue to remind ourselves we need not fear. We've been called and claimed, and God is with us. But it is easy for us to say, well, where exactly is God with us, right? Again, we know bad things happen. We've had diseases that have threatened us before, and they will do so again. But we still want to know what God is up to, right? And there's probably a little bit about, God, why don't you take care of this? 
or why don't you help us out, or simply that question, where is God in all of this? And today, my friends, I tell you, God is right here, right? God is right here with us and in us and among us. And God is at work. Words from Isaiah, do you not see it? Do you not know? Haven't you been listening? God indeed cares for you. God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He is the creator of all that you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out. He doesn't pause to catch his breath. And he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired. And he gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They lag. They walk and don't lag behind. God is with us, Isaiah 40. And if you want to see God at work, then I invite you to just look at any single medical facility these days or public health department. If that's not God at work, well, I don't know what else is. And that's just one of the ways that God is at work, working in all of those healthcare professionals that live with us and among us. And may we keep them in prayer as well, right? They are doing their darndest to keep us safe and healthy as much as possible. They are committed to give us love and compassion and care because God is at work in them. And God is at work in you and me as well. God is calling on us as well to carry out God's work. We know God is not a God who like issues this edict from on high, right? God doesn't give us this loud voice that says, this is what I want you to do or stop doing this. God doesn't send us thunderbolts. God, we understand and believe God is at work in us using us, using the least of us, the all of us, all of us to carry out God's work. And God's work, of course, is always a new thing. God's work is always bringing good out of the worst possible situation. God is doing that. And God needs you to help do that. God is counting on all of us to do God's work, and together we will indeed not just see God at work, but help be Christ to one another as well. So how do we do that, right? What does that look like? I want to share with you first a poem that came across my path a couple of different times on Friday, and when that happens, that's one of the signs to me to pass it on. And the poem is actually called Pandemic. What if you thought of it as Jews considered the Sabbath the most sacred of times? Cease from travel, cease from buying and selling, and give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing, pray, touch only those to whom you commit your life, and center down. 
And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has become clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. What are we to do? Sing, pray, center down, and reach out, not, as the poet says, necessarily with our hands to touch one another, but to reach out with our heart and our words and our acts to touch one another with acts of compassion. Lots of practical ways that we might do that. One is literally, and you have heard it from the public health experts, so I simply reiterate, it's practicing that social distancing, right? It's keeping that space between us as much as we would love to reach out. We do it out of love. And so we keep that space between us we use the sanitizers, we wash our hands. You know all of those kinds of things. What we have to do in this time of uncertainty is practice physical distance, but find ways to stay emotionally connected, right? That's what's just as important to us as our physical health, is our emotional and our spiritual health. And so how do we stay emotionally connected even in when these times when it is likely we will be physically apart, at least for the next few weeks? Social media is certainly going to be one of those tools that I am going to be using. And so I invite you to be paying attention to that and watching uh, Facebook page and our website and whatever else we manage to get up and running. But not everybody has that opportunity. And so if you are one of those folks who doesn't use the internet or doesn't use the email, I've got a clipboard on one of those tables out there in the narthex. And before you leave today, will you please give us your name and let us know if you don't have internet or email because we need to find ways to stay emotionally connected with you as well. The visitation team is meeting with me on Tuesday and we will be talking about some ways as well, probably primarily phone contacts, to stay in touch and to remind each other we care about each other and we wanna know how people are doing and we want people to know that we are being thought of and loved. If that's something that you're interested in, I've got clipboards on the other table in the narthex that say, I can help. I'll tell you a few more ways in which you might be able to help as well. And so if you're able and willing, and that might be just one of, like I said, I've got some more ideas. Thanks to God, he woke me up at 3.30 with like, oh. But anyway, there's another table with another clipboard, and I invite you to give me your name and your email, and those are the things we will be doing now in the days ahead. Perhaps some of those things might include giving, delivering groceries to somebody who needs to be staying at home or bringing um, their medication refill. Or perhaps it's helping people get to a medical appointment because their loved one 
themselves is sick or something like that. Again, those might be um, some of the ways in which if you sign up, we might be asking you to help. I've also been thinking about how we continue to gather together and lift one another up. And I think two reasons we lift each other up. One, for our own sakes, right? And secondly, literally for the sake of the world. Because we need to be strong and care for one another so that in turn we leave these walls and go out and be strong for everybody else we come into contact with our family, our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, the young mother who may now very well be home with her children and need a break. The list goes on and on and on. God is counting on us to do what we can to both stay healthy, right, and keep the virus from spreading and reach out with acts of compassion. Don't forget uh, prayer. We all are washing our hands on a regular basis, right? And maybe some of you, you're like, what's my favorite song to sing? Well, I invite you to try the Lord's Prayer while you're washing your hands. Or I invite you to just be lifting people up throughout the day. One of the gifts I have learned is when I wake up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep, uh, I don't know where I heard it, but you just start with the letters of the alphabet, A, and I start lifting up people who I know whose names begin with A. Just lift people up. And I bet if you start, I don't know, see how long, and pretty soon you'll probably forget how long you've been leaving your hands under the water. But do it not just when you're washing your hands, whenever it strikes you to pray and to sing, right? To sing and to praise our God in the ways that we know how um, in all of those kinds of ways as well. It's something else that just went in my brain and it went back out again. But it'll probably come. Um, oh, I know what I think maybe it was. Was I, we, we will not be meeting together next week, right? I'm pretty sure about that right now. It's, that's in this moment. I know that. Um, and, uh, but I still think that we want to find ways for this building to be open, right? We'll still be able to gather in small groups of 10 or less. And so how we do that and what that means and how, again, we invite people to come in so we can be together sitting six feet apart and, you know, all those good things. There are so many ways in which we can care for one another and do things for one another. I'm thinking about the labyrinth is up. As I drove up, I was telling somebody this morning it was still dark and the light was on in the gazebo. And I was like, ooh, outside prayer station, right? For people to stop by and know that God is with them and that they are not alone. On and on, we are learning how to be children of God together, one another in different ways. And this is the opportunity we now have in the next however long this lasts. And in the midst of it, of course, we remember... We will not fear because God is leading us in this and walking with us in all of this. And so now I want to return you back to those words of Paul one more time about not just the difficulty of this time, but the reminder of the opportunity of this time as well. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand through him, and we boast in the hope of God's glory. But not only that, 
We even take pride in our problems because we know that trouble produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. This hope does not put us to shame because the love of God has been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. We all get a choice in terms of how we will respond and what we are doing today and tomorrow and in the coming days. And it is my prayer we will respond as people of faith, as people called and claimed by God. That reminds me of another thing. Every time you dip your hands in that water, don't forget who you are, right? Remind yourself, I'm a called and claimed child given to be a new person every day by the waters of my baptism. At any rate, this is a time of great opportunity, even in the midst of uncertainty. We get to decide what we're going to do. We get to decide what's important and what's not. And we get to decide in what kinds of ways we are going to witness to the God who has called us and claimed us. God is using you, and God is counting on you, and I hope you take that to heart and live that every moment of your life. And finally, I want to leave you with the words of Julian of Norwich, who was a saint who lived in the 14th century. She lived through a variety of trials in her life, including the bubonic plague. These are just some of her words. All shall be well, and all shall be well, and every manner of thing shall be well. For there is a force of love moving through the universe that holds us fast and will never let us go. Amen? Amen. Let us stand and sing.